is Alternate Take, and I am your motherfucking host. Welcome back, bitches. On this episode, man, we brought you guys back some football fucking ear porn, baby. That's what we did. Um, and not with a player. This is actually a very cool episode, dude, because uh, you guys know me, Triple OG, Raider fan my whole life. Don't care if we win. Okay, I'm all about the motherfucking mystique in this bitch. And uh, that's kind of what we brought you today, dude. We brought you the biggest super fan in Raider history. We brought you Mr. Wayne Mabry. Wayne Mabry, he'll give you his biography in about a couple minutes once I shut up here. But uh, he is the Violator. That's his nickname. And he is the guy that you've seen on, I don't know, a thousand NFL commercials, a thousand Raider things with the shoulder pads, the spike on the shoulder pads, the face painting, looking scary as hell. And he's what gets Raider Nation up for every goddamn game. And he actually just got inducted into the Hall of Fans, along with Hall of Fame inductees Charles Woodson and Tom Flores. So it was cool, dude. I mean, he, this guy is the biggest Raider fan there is. So it was fun to talk to him and hear his story and see see what he had to say. So without further ado, I'll shut the fuck up. I bring to you Wayne the Violator, Mabry. Uh-oh, there he is. What on, Danny? What's up, Mr. Mabry? How's everything going? And blessed and highly favored. How about yourself? <laughs> I never heard that phrase. Same here, sir. I can't complain. Just uh, getting my shit together on a Thursday morning, man. Sorry I got here just on time, man. It's been crazy this morning. Look, look, like when it's crazy, it's good. So just, just embrace that and go for it, man. Challenge yourself. Yes, sir, man. Well, you know, man. Speaking of that, no one has embraced the the crazy and gone along with it more than you, sir, man. And I mean that in the, in the most respectful way possible, man. You are the king of kings when it comes to Raider fans. You are the violator. You are, you are everything Raider Nation, man. Um, before we get to that, man, I want to start a little bit with your background. Though. I want to start uh from where you grew up and uh everything uh. You know, everything you. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, first of all, I want to thank you for having me on. And I won't give away, away too much info because I need you to buy the book. Anyway, I grew up in a small town called Mound Bayou, Mississippi, uh, settled by ex-slaves back in the 1800s. And uh, we call it the community because everybody knew everybody. Everybody knew everybody's business, so forth and so on. But me being a radical kid as I was, uh, just knew that I couldn't grow there and and pursue the dreams that I had, which was outside of the box, even back then. So I uh, gradually got away to California after I fell in love with this shield, seeing the Raiders play the Chiefs, fell in love, and that became my destiny, you know, my dream destiny. So... Uh, for well over almost 50 years, I've been living a fan's dream, man, just following dreams and accomplishing goals, uh, trying to inspire people to bring the best out of themselves while enjoying the best sport in the world. Hell yeah, man. That's that's beautiful. And I, I know you touched on it. I was going to mention it later, too. But uh, your autobiography, man, we're, we're going to buy a copy today. And I can't wait to get it, man. The same for all the listeners out there, man. Please buy a copy, especially if you're a Raider fan. It's, it's, uh, it's gold right there on paper. But um, tell me about when you first came to California. What year was that? Uh, landed in California, I think July of 77. Uh, by way of a band that I was in at the time, we were competing for the Gong Show. 
And uh, that was my ride here. So whether the gong show happened or not, whether we were successful or not, I was in California and I was going to plant some seeds and start, like I say, start my own legacy. Man, that's beautiful. And do you remember your first Raider game? Uh, yes, it was uh, the season of 83, L.A. Coliseum. Uh, wasn't dressing at the time, but just, was just thrilled to actually have a game ticket in my hand, entry into what I'd been watching on TV for years at L.A. Coliseum. And what what made you uh what made you fall in love with with the silver and black as a kid over there in Mississippi? I mean, for me, it was uh it was just natural part of our lives. You know, I mean, I'm a Hispanic kid. If you don't like the Raiders, get you know get get out. <laughs> That's kind of how it works. But um, that was my entry. But how I fell in love with them was just everything involved, the mystique. You know, the the legends of the time that were playing when you were actually a fan. For me, I, I didn't get to see any of them play. You know, the Lyle Alzados, Jack Tatum's. Jim Otto, all these guys, you know, like I have a Tatum. I mean, I have a cousin named Tatum just because of Jack Tatum. Um, but you got to see all these guys play. Like, what was it for you that turned you into a Raider fan from the get-go? Well, first of all, I was considered kind of a weird kid. Uh, you know, most kids are in the Cowboys and Indians. I didn't really dig that game too much. I was into gladiators. So I was always in the knights with the swords and, you know, the horses with the armor on the head. That kind of stuff appealed to me, and I still am, uh, I guess, a geek with that right now. Yeah, when I saw this shield and it had two swords and a one-eyed pirate, that was love at first sight, man. And that shield influenced me that much that, like I said, I made it a goal to get as close to them as possible. So I was they were from California. That's where I'm going. Wow, man. That's that's fucking awesome. I love that. Um when did you when when did you when did your character start coming to uh to fruition? When did you start realizing like okay like you started going to games, started getting more animated, started getting more into it? When did you start becoming the Violator? Well, I think the Violator had been in me my whole life, uh, Eddie, because you talk about animated, I, I could do that in the blink of an eye. It's just that kindred spirit that I carry in me. So putting on the war paint and all of my garb is just letting him come out and play for a few hours of the day. And, uh, you know, when you've got, when you know you've got a limit on time, you don't waste time. And uh, so 1991 was when I first released him. And I give, always give thanks to those, uh, those cool fans that were sitting around the 50 yard line area at the LA Coliseum, because they, to me, they weren't loud enough to be Raider fans. So I wanted to give them something visually that would just hopefully just uh, bring that passion out of them, which I know everybody has it, but everybody doesn't like to let it out for what I call was L.A. cool at the time. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of L.A. cool. I'm trying to keep my cool. I don't want to I don't want the chick next to me to be upset that I'm I'm yelling. And Raider fans aren't about that, especially in Oakland. I mean, Jesus Christ, a lot of good memories there. But, um, you know, what's what's your take so far on Vegas? Are, are you liking Vegas so far? Listen, uh, and I'm going to speak to all of the fans that, that feel this burn that I feel. You know, we ended an era in Oakland that I called Mecca. It'll never be that again. And to all of you fans who didn't experience that, we could tell you stories, but you'd never have that feeling in here unless you were there stomping the yard. Vegas is New Frontier. 
kind of a new city. We've got a city's got to get used to us and vice versa. But that passion for this, I feel, will overcome all adversity because we just have a lifestyle that's unique within the league. And I challenge any other fan base to prove me wrong. Uh, there is no off-season for us. This is something that when we take on these colors, we know what comes with it. And I always tell them, embrace it. I love it, man. And you're right about Oakland, man. I have so many times where uh, the road trips to Oakland are just unbelievable. I mean, I'm from Southern California. And I, I remember one time with just my brother, he came into my room. We were kids. I was in, I was in high school. And it was midnight. And it was a uh, Saturday night. And he's like, hey, man, you want to go to the radio game tomorrow? And we had we had barely any money, man, barely any money. I mean, he, I think he worked at Costco at the time. And, and I, I don't even think I had money. I think I had a credit card that my parents said never use. But I was too late. I'm going to use it now. And uh, I was like, dude, the game starts at 10. He's like, we got to go now. Let's just buy tickets right now. And let's go. And I was like, shit, it's a six hour drive. All right. Fuck it. And then just, you know, just the drive there. You go to a gas station, you pick up your 30 rack. You're hanging out and it's, you know, the way the nation just, you know, takes you in. It's just, it's unbelievable. Like you can hop from any, if you're just two guys by yourself, you're like, yeah, we just drove here at midnight. Everyone's like, hell yeah, come party with us. Come hang out with us. And it's, it's a different, it's a different thing to be a part of Raider Nation. It just really is. Um, those are all the teams just separate from just football, but those are all the teams I've always chosen have been teams with deep tradition. Gotta have fucking great jerseys. That's number one, but deep tradition. And it's never mattered if, they won or lost. My teams have always been Dodgers, Raiders, Notre Dame. And uh, it's, you know, it's the same category for all three, but man, it's, yeah, I think you're right. I'm excited for Vegas. And I think they will overcome this. Well, like I say, we're just going to bring that same passion and spirit that, that love for the team that we've always had, because like I say, it's a real life for us. It's not just, uh, I'm going to root for this team. It's like, we're rooting for our family. And that's what you hear a Monterey Nation around the world, family, and I mean global family. Doesn't matter what corner you come from, how rich or how poor you are, like you just stated earlier, when it's game day, all you want to do is get there. The rest will take care of itself. That's a tradition like none other that uh, I've experienced myself, and I pride myself in being an ambassador who exudes that kind of welcoming, regardless of who you are. Whether you're with our team or not, you're going to leave there having a good time and remembering us other than what you heard from the outside looking in. I couldn't agree more, sir. And um, speaking of that, I mean, you have such a huge legacy in doing so and giving people such a good time. I mean, I've seen you on, I don't know how many Raiders documentaries with the autumn wind playing in the background on YouTube clips. And now that's been officially certified. You just got accepted into the Hall of Fame for fandom. That's that's unbelievable, man. Tell me about this whole experience. Like, how did it go down? How'd you get contacted? All that stuff. Well, how I got contacted was, you know, everybody knows most of my social media or, or my number. Uh, I was contacted to uh, enter this contest, which I had done previously with not good results. So I just kind of like turned away from that, focus on something that was passionate to me. And, uh, so anyway, I ended up in uh, doing an interview with Fox Sports. And I'm thinking it's just, you know, just another clip in an interview. They come to my house, you know, and we talk about, you know, my passion and how all that grew. In, in the midst of that interview, I get a knock at my door. 
And I'm thinking it's one of my neighbors that just couldn't resist coming over and finding out what was going on at my house. I go to the door, I don't see anything. So, you know, I'm kind of pissed at the moment, but I'm mic'd up, so I can't really say what I wanted to say. <laughs> and lo and behold, I open the door and who there's a pirouette from my garage right to my front door, Howie Long, in his gold jacket. Wow. My knees buckled, brother, and he says, you know, goes through the whole speech. You've been nominated for the Ford Hall of Fans. And you talk about a kid at Christmas that he's been eyeing that present for a long time. That was a feeling. And uh, like I say, it just, rest of it was just going through the process. And I can't thank Raider Nation and all of all the people who voted because I couldn't accomplish this without your votes. And uh, giving thanks to Ford Motor Company and the Pro Football Hall of Fame for even allowing us to have a one corner in that hall with all those legends, man. It's it's unbelievable. It really is, man. I would I think I'd freak out if I saw Howie Long too, man. Not only would I freak out because I'm a big fan, but I'm also like five seven. So he'd he'd be fucking really big against me. But that's awesome, man. I, I saw that um Charles Woodson was giving you praise, and I saw that uh Tom Flores, because they're the new inductees as well. Congratulations to them. And uh wow, man, did they fly you out there? Did you go out there? I, I saw that you got to meet the I forgot the guy's name, but the guy who introduces, who's like gives you the gold jackets and all that stuff. You got to meet him and take a nice photo. Uh, what was the reception like from like Tom Flores and Charles Wilson? Well, first of all, Ford flew us out. My wife and I, we were there from Wednesday until the following Tuesday. So that's a paid vacation. That's the way we took it. And uh, to not enjoy those moments would be sacrilegious for something, you know, given it to you like that. So we had to attend all the festivities, which, you know, it didn't make us mad at all. Trust me. Uh, because some of the people that we met, we probably wouldn't have even met in our lifetime. And I mean, from people that were at the Hall of Fame game, you know, that was a big kickoff. The Hall of Fame game got so much love because I went fully garbed up as if I'm going to a Raiders game. So uh, getting that love from all of the Steeler Nation and uh, Dallas fans, it was, it was awesome, man. And there was a lot of Browns fans there wearing their jerseys. Matter of fact, it was fans from all over the, the NFL there for that weekend. But just to get that uh, positivity from them, I've, I heard not one negative comment that whole weekend, man. And that was just like walking in the football's version of Disney World. Um, but like I say, I met uh, Mr. Baker. That was the second time I'd met him first in Tampa when he actually uh, gave me that award. And uh, so the second time we kind of knew each other. And I'm sure he'd known of me. But when we got to talk mano a mano, this guy's just he's he's got the perfect job in the world because he's a football nut like I am. And we just spoke with each other like we've known each other for years. That's when you know you're in the right environment. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree more, man. That was uh, uh, all of his videos where he's giving someone their Hall of Fame jacket at their door. I mean, it's just, it's, it gets emotional. And I don't know. I mean, it's like, not, I didn't play fucking football. I'm not on the team, but just as a fan growing up watching that guy, it's kind of like, it kind of like, a, I don't know, it kind of puts a stamp on your childhood a little bit. You're like, I saw him play forever. Now he's getting that jacket. It kind of, you kind of personalize it a little bit. I don't know why, but that's kind of how the experience goes. But I think the thing, I, 
Raider Nation respects about you the most, sir, is that you're the violator. You're, you're the guy who gets, uh, you know, the black hole fired up. You're the guy who gets the spirit of Raider Nation up. But behind the scenes, man, you're you're a hell of a guy, too, man. I've read that you have, like, charity work and that you're doing all kinds of stuff like that. I'm like, dude, that's that's what I think Raider Nation respects the most, man, is that when it comes game day, you know, it's on. You're the violator. But, you know, off the field, man, you're you're a, you're a legend, man. Tell me about your charity work and all that stuff. Well, first of all, when you see me on game day and everybody knows I've got a phrase, I'm clocked in. So there is no halfway. You're all in or don't even punch the clock. So <laughs> that's I mean. Game day always bring your A game. And we tell that to the team constantly. They know we've got their back regardless of the record. We've been there on the worst and the best of days, you know. But uh, outside of that, I, I, I say I live a pretty well-rounded life, Danny, because it's about giving back and who you, you can influence and inspire along the journey. And we all have our journeys. And I call it, we have point A and point B. No one knows how much time is between these two points. So do your best every day to get the best out of your life. And you, you inspire people without even knowing most of the time. But, uh, you know, through the, the uh, several charities that I work, I'm, I'm a sucker for the kids because their kids are the future. And if we can influence them the right way, it makes the future better, you know, leaves the world a little bit better than when we came in. So I'm all about planting those seeds. You know, I got that from the elders back in my childhood. It's about planting seeds, man, nurturing those seeds. And there's a harvest that we all look forward to. And I've been blessed enough to start to see the harvest take shape 30 years later. And uh, it's no better feeling in the world, you know. And uh, just a natural born entrepreneur, I got several businesses that I kind of melt all together there. I got a clothing line, I've got a cigar line, and also my book. And right now, I'm, I'm a new distributor for a line of supplements made in Germany. So, you know, they're top quality. So wow. I've got a lot of stuff going, man, but it keeps you, it keeps the juices flowing, man. And knowing that you get to touch as many lives as, as possible on a daily basis. That's beautiful, man. I love that, dude. Especially, uh, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a big cigar guy. So I gotta buy, I know uh, we had Lincoln Kennedy on the podcast not too long ago, about a couple months ago, and he has a cigar line too. So we gotta buy his, we gotta buy yours. We have, uh, we have Charles Woodson whiskey and his wine in here too, so. You know, we're representing the Raider Nation pretty well in here, man. I'm looking for, and I got to buy your health stuff, too, because once I have a cigar, I got to I got to flush out myself a little bit. But yeah. uh, uh, moving on to uh, to this season, what uh, what are your thoughts on the draft and uh, and what happened with that? I mean, um, you know, every draft of Raider Nation is always it's always a spectacle. Everyone knows that it's it's uh, half the people going, you know, whatever they go I'm behind it. And the other half is going, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. And it's like that in the media. And it's like that with the fans. So what, what was your take on it? It's almost, Danny, it's almost like we can never get it right. And and like you say, we, our emotions go the full gamut, you know, from the highs to the depressed. And, and this draft was no different. You know, uh, I think it was the third pick when they picked Le Leatherwood. I'm thinking they're going to take the kid from Penn State because that's who I had penciled, first linebacker, which is the position that I watch, you know, like a hawk because that was my former position. Uh, but when they picked him, I'm thinking, wait a minute now, wait a minute. Because we had lost some vets, you know, due to free agency. So 
you know, you got to protect your asset with some of the best guys out there. Now, I watched Leatherwood in college blocking against, uh, I think his last name was Bond, uh, the defensive tackle for Alabama. That's right. At least we get this guy, so we got his teammates, so we know both are excellent uh, athletes. So I wasn't really disappointed, just a little shocked that they didn't go linebacker. And that's been a trend with me. Um, and uh, some of the guys in the, in the draft room know that if I can get your number, I'm going to be sending you a text. Hey, man, I you didn't get this guy, this guy. And, and you know, like I'm, like I'm on the staff. But anyway, draft day was great. Uh, I was happy with it. I got to meet some of the freshman class uh, at the M in Vegas. Awesome. I just went over and introduced myself, told them about what we expect as Raider Nation to always accept that Raider love because you won't get it like that anywhere else in the league. And, uh, you know, they were pretty shocked because I, you know, I passed them my business card. So when they see that, I says, when you see it, me in the stadium, that means it's time to clock in. And we want to see that intensity that you guys showed us on your tapes in college. And so they got a big laugh out of that day took pictures with my my bunch that I was with. So they were very gracious, man. So I'm looking for big things, especially on the defensive side, because everybody knows that's been our Achilles heel for a few seasons. Hell yeah. You know, that's that's true. I, I think Raider Nation in general is not is not opposed to uh, to getting cute in the draft room. I don't think they're opposed to that, but they are opposed to when you get cute often and it still doesn't work. Then we're like, all right, man, let's just do the top available now. Let's just stop, let's, let's stop messing around. And these are what all the experts say. Let's just take this guy. You know, why not? But the thing I found interesting about this draft was um, in the first round, all the Raider Nation wanted the safety that we got in the second round. Everyone wanted him, Merrick, in the first round, and they, and they wouldn't mind taking Leatherwood in the second round. I'm like, well, you got what you wanted. Just the picks were diverse, but that's you know, at least they got who they wanted, which is cool. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I do think that's badass that, uh, that the organization gives you that, you know, that responsibility. Like, hey, pump these new guys up. You know, that's that's some, I don't think any organization else does that where they're like, hey, man, like you're the new rookie. And this is our biggest fan. He's going to tell you what, what to, you know, what to expect here in Raider Nation, what we expect you to bring to the table, which is that's phenomenal, man. Well, you know, the way I met him wasn't even team related. We just happened to be at the same place at the right time. And that's where I say, uh, I look at my journey. You know, I've been blessed to be at the right place at a lot of the right times and sparks fly. You know, uh, they could have easily just told me to get away, but it's just the way I approach them. I approach, even if I approach you somewhere to be like, I've already known you, but I'm gonna go through the process of introducing myself, coming like a professional and being a gentleman at all times. and. There was no friction. I know there was an age difference because they were calling me sir. And I asked them, I'm like, do I really look that old? But anyway, <laughs> that's respect. And that and that let me know that they had been raised right. Very humble guys. But, you know, I'm humble too until I put on the guard and then get the hell out of the way. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's, it's almost spiritual with us, Danny. And it's, you can, I can tell you until I got a great beard like Methuselah, but, Either you get it or you don't. It either grabs you, like I say, this grabbed me as a kid. And once I got closer to that to feel that, you don't feel that anywhere else, man. Yeah, you know, a good example is that is I have a, a close friend of mine. We grew up in the neighborhood and he uh, back in 2000, I want to say 2015, 
He got uh, signed as an undrafted rookie to the Broncos, and his whole family's Raider Nation too. And they're like, "Hey, man, we're super proud of you. We're not buying your fucking jersey, okay?" So <laughs> we're not buying your jersey. Sorry. If you go to the Raiders, we'll buy your jersey, and we'll be glad to put that jersey on. Uh, we'll be proud, but. You know, we're going to go to all your games. We're going to watch all your games. And when even when you play the Raiders, we're going to cheer for you. But we ain't buy no Broncos jersey. You better don't don't get it twisted. <laughs> so that's that's better nation for you. But um, tell me about your uh, your thoughts about this season. I you know I'm, I'm excited. You know, I'm excited for football to be back. Uh, what are your expectations for the Raiders? I know they had some some good stuff last year. It's it, and it's like you said, you know, uh, it, the defense has always been the problem. I still to this day, I lose my mind when anyone talks bad about Derek Carr because it makes no sense. The dude, the dude balls every year. He has. Stats come out every year, like you know, no one throws more touchdowns and less interceptions than him, Brady, and Rodgers. His completion percentage is this, you know, he does, you know. But hey, when you're down 20 points almost every game, the defense knows you're going to pass the ball. Yeah, of course, every now and then he's going to throw a pick because they're not rushing anybody. It's just, it's just knowing the game of football at that point. But um, what are your expectations for the Raiders this year? Well, what you just to piggyback off what you just said, we call that in the construction industry, paint yourself into a corner. And pretty much that's the way a lot of us feel that the team had done was just painted themselves into a corner. That team was back in the seventies, even in the sixties. But when I used to watch it, when I started watching it, yes, they had a great offense, but that defense was that dominating factor that took over games that imposed what we call in football, setting the tone. The tone was set even in warmups and when the whistle blew, these guys, they were just like somebody let out of the pen, like Lawrence Taylor say, a bunch of crazed dogs. That's the way the defense came at you. And you can have the best game plan in the world, like what Mike Tyson said, until you get hit in the mouth. And trust me, that's why they wore face guards, because you got hit in the mouth. And often. But this season here, Looking at the array of players, and I used to, they're still going through this whole uh, cut down right now as we speak. And I'm expecting some big things out of this D. I saw a lot of speed at that first preseason game against the Seahawks. Now, yes, it wasn't our first team, but I like the attitude that they came out with. You know, like they had a fire under their ass. And they start setting the tone with some hits, you know. Even one we got penalized on, but he had set the tone because the punt returner let the ball go the next time. That's when you're in his head. What number was that and where the hell is he? That's what we're expecting from our D this year. I think our offense is so talented, man. We can score points with the best of them. But we've got to be able to stop the other opponent from getting in the end zone and create turnovers. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And uh it's it's been fun just to hear reports that like you know with the two DNs they have well Crosby's been there but getting in Gakwe he's I mean he's a he's a fucking stud so getting him and you know Littleton I know was was a star before he came to the Raiders he had a bad year last year but hopefully he rebounds and that that D line helps him out they signed McCoy which is great and then now they have the other safety I'm glad they brought back Carl Joseph too I mean I love that guy man he hits hard as hell and you know his I would say his uh, play with the Raiders was never was never because of him. I think they just, you have no front seven. I mean, eventually someone's going to get past you at that safety position. It just is what it is. Um, but I couldn't agree with you more with the the, the example used for setting the tone. Um, just in my experience with my playing sports for me, I, I never played football. I was too small. So uh, I played baseball. But our tone setting was uh, – and if you were a fans, you probably didn't notice it, but as a, our tone setting was – 
it's called pregame. I don't know if you ever see the coaches hitting ground balls and hitting fly balls and everyone's doing their little routine. If you do that perfectly, no errors, every ball is thrown sharp. That other team sees that and they're like, damn, these guys are good. And they're nervous. And then the next step, first batter, boom, he gets a base hit. Now the other team's going, we're, we're screwed. And there you already beat them. The game, it just started. All you had was the pregame and a first at bat, boom. And you already beat their heads. And that's, that's what the Raiders need to get back to. Like you said, that's, that's a, that's a huge deal. You know, there's a ratio I'll throw out there at you, Danny. 80% of the game is mental. Oh, I couldn't agree and more. That, that 20%, most of those guys are on the same page. But what sets teams apart is the ratio of guys that know that 80% is the key factor in games. That's where you see your all pros and your all stars and your, your Hall of Famers. Those are those cats that use that 80% to their advantage along with that little passion and desire, which you cannot coach. Yeah, that's so true. And you know, what's funny is like just from outside of football, it literally applies to everything that applies to, to like to boxers, to, to firemen, to cops, to, to nurses, to doctors, anyone who's in a very stressful field that 80%, if you're, if you're, if you're squared away, man, you're, you're going to be a hell of a fucking person at your job. You know, it just, that's just what it comes down to. You're right. Be like a, you'd be like a, a sensei, you know, ninja sensei. Exactly. Well, uh, Mr. Mabry, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I want to, uh, what's the title of your, uh, what's the title of your book? So I want all the listeners to get your book and to, and all your supplements and everything like that. The title of the book is the walk. So when you go on Amazon, that's the easiest place to get it. Or you can go to my publisher, which is dornsbookstore.com and, uh, at a few bonds and nobles, you can acquire about it. That's the front cover right there. So once you see that beautiful face, that's me. <laughs> awesome. And uh, your Instagram handle and all that, sir? Uh, Instagram, just type in the violator and you will see this face again pop up. <laughs> You're at the right spot. Uh, Facebook, you know, uh, Wayne Mabry 57. That's it. Awesome. Uh, Twitter, at violator 57. And like I say, uh, anyone who's interested in either clothing that's my clothing uh, label is moto-sports.com. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks a lot for coming in, Mr. Baby. I'm going to be down there uh, for the home opener. I won't be at the game, but uh, I know Lincoln Kennedy's throwing a big uh, party at a country club, and I, I'm going to be there hanging out, having some drinks on the Sunday before. And I don't know where I'll watch it on Monday. I'm sure it'll be at a bar somewhere. But uh, if I happen to see you around, I'll make sure I shake your hand and uh, tell you thank you. And uh, it's good to see you. Looking forward to it, brother. All right, sir. Thanks again. Take care of yourself. You bet. Go Raiders. Go Raiders. And there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Our interview with Wayne, the violator, Mabry. Thanks for coming on the show, Wayne. Mr. Mabry. I had a fucking blast, man. It's always fun to, to geek out and talk sports with the super fan, you know? It really is cool, and he is a super fan. So uh, go to Wayne's... Uh, websites, his Instagram. I know he he mentions all of his products that he that he's associated with on there. Uh, you got to go buy his book, man. It's really cool. If you want to get an autographed copy, um, you just get it through PayPal. You can send it to him directly. It's all all the information is on his Instagram. So go check that out, man. He's he's the baddest man there is. So uh, thanks again, Wayne, and uh, thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate it. And uh, I'll see you silly bitches soon, man. This is all to take. And I'll talk to you guys later. Peace.